Okay. Hard left. I got a bit of a hard left. Okay. It's kind of a hard left, but... All right. Have you ever worked with a partner? Like, uh, like you, you, you work with other people. You know, very personable. Mm-hmm. You have great dialogue. But just like you and, you and somebody else, one-on-one, for like an extended period of time, for whatever reason. Like, have you ever worked with a partner? So in, in wedding photography, a lot of times uh-huh. I bring on a second shooter, but okay. there's usually the primary or the lead. So uh-huh. usually the primary and lead kind of has a leadership role. Okay. Um, and the secondary, second shooter, I mean, it's still a team, but yeah. when you say, like, when you, so when you say partner, is it like 50 50? Um, no, 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 no. Not, that would, that would, that's not where I was going with it. But even in photography, it seems like, if you wanted to, you could limit your dialogue to just the job. Where, where I, I, with a partner, I'm talking about like cops, you know, like two cops or like two uh, EMT technicians, whatever, right? Um, I'm, I'm talking about a partner where there's enough downtime in the situation where you're just kind of hanging out, almost like a forced friend type of person. Has that situation ever happened to you? That's all the Navy, man. That's yeah, but not one on one though. There's groups like that. Okay. Yeah, I mean specifically just you and somebody else. Because in the Navy, there's like little groups and little cliques and like little, like little handfuls of people. But to me, there's something very different about even a, another person in the room. Like even me, you, and Christian having the podcast is a very different dynamic than just me and you, or just you and Christian, or just right. me and Christian. Right. Like the conversation is different. The flow of the conversation is different. Right. So, yeah, so that it doesn't sound like it it doesn't sound like it's comes up a lot for you unless unless maybe you and the second shooter um there's a time where you guys have to oh look, we have to wait a half an hour or an hour for the wedding couple to arrive and now we're just sitting here talking about nothing cuz we're just waiting. But it doesn't sound like that happens really. It's, no, not really. I mean, there are times because, like, sometimes you have to drive out to do something. Like, uh-huh. a lot of times, like, my assistant, uh, I'll have an assistant with me, and, uh-huh. you know, he already knows what I need. Or, like, say, yeah. for instance, I have I have two family portraits this weekend. Um, okay. I go from one family portrait, and then I, me and my assistant get to drive, like, two hours north okay. to Santa Barbara. Okay, there you go. So, so yeah. So, something like that. I mean, like, that happens often. That happens often. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. And is it like this? Is the second shooter usually somebody? Is it usually kind of the same person most of the time, or is it like somebody different a lot of the time? Or, um, not really. I mean, it depends. I, I've I've used a lot of the same second shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, I have. Uh, there's a guy. I use uh, his name is Sergio. Yeah, he's done quite. He's done quite a few of the. Um, he's done quite a few of the second shooting stuff with me. Yeah, I, I remember um, using his name before. I've, I've used uh, the same assistant for probably the last uh, five or six five or six events. So um, okay, because the, the reason I bring it up is because I feel like like at my work for the type of job that I do, there's four departments that do that type of job, and one department there's just one guy working there. Another department there's four. Another department there's three, and then for our department there's two. So of the four departments, we're the only one where we work hand-in-hand hand with one other person. And I feel like it's a reason that some of the differences exist. Like for me, it's kind of my go-to. If they're like, hey, how come your department does it this way and everybody else seems to do it another way? Oh, that's because we work in partners. 
Or, hey, how come there's a problem with this thing that you guys do? I'm like, oh, that's because we work in partners. Like, I think there's something very different and unique and also something very precious about working with one other person. In my experience, I don't feel like you can completely ignore each other. I feel like there's always a certain element of, like, you guys um, taking care of each other or backing each other up. Um, And then I also feel like there is a certain fondness that grows whether or not one existed to begin with. Like, you almost miss your partner, even when you kind of can't stand them when you're together. So, Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have that kind of, like, uh, my second shooters, I only see them at events, so I might only see them, like, two or three times a month. Yeah. You know? And then, so, and then maybe for the two hours of driving or something, that's enough time for you guys to kind of catch up and talk about your, maybe there's, like, a typical flow of conversation, and then it's back to work. Or something like that, but like pretty much. But like, because yeah, there's no. I've had I've had like uh, shift partners where it was me and that same guy for like a couple years, three, four, five years, and the flow of our conversations changed because our lives were changing, and who better to tell than your partner? Like, it's the person that you have to be around and are are always around this whole time. Like, you spend the most of your time around them and whatever is going on in your life, either you're going to actively try to hide that from them or you're going to actively try to tell them. Like, there's going to be a decision made whether or not this person knows about this information. So, anyway. My, I don't think... I, huh? I was going to say, I don't... Like, I've, I've had to deal with... I... Uh, I... in Lately, mm-hmm. I can't say... Aside from my wife, I don't spend that much consecutive time with people. Um, yeah you know, like day to day, like I might see them often, but it's not as often as like you're seeing someone like if you're doing shift work and yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're paired up with the same person for three or four years, you know, that's, that's definitely different from anything I've done. Let's, let's, so. let's put it this way. Let's, let's put it this way. If my shift partner was an attractive female, I'd probably have to change shift partners. Like I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be able to work with her. And you, I don't think you, you interact with anybody like that. Huh? Um, yeah, I here's the thing is I feel like I feel like I act like that with everyone, but then by doing that, it doesn't make it special for anybody, including your wife. I hang out with my wife. Yeah, but you're saying you you act like that with everybody, like including your well, wife, I'm, like you I'm act the gonna, same way with I'm your wife as you. Fing, I'm not gonna fing, I'm not gonna finger you know I'm not gonna finger blast a female <laughs> coworker of mine, you know. Um, no, no, no. But okay, so like in the nursing field, even in the nursing field. They don't work it I don't feel like they work in partners. It's like either like patient to nurse relationship or like a team of nurses or something. Um every once in a while maybe two nurses go into a job and do and do that together, but I don't think like it's I don't consider I don't view nurses the way I view cops, which is like okay, sometimes a cop just has this one partner and that's who they spend like every breathing minute with for the duration of their shift for months and years on end. Like nursing is not that way, correct? No, it's no, it's not. It's not so that intimate. So that's that's what I meant. So th- okay, if you want to use the word intimate, so th- this is almost an intimate relationship with the person that I'm working with, and that's why I feel that's why I said right. that thing about the attractive female. Like, I I can have coworkers that are attractive females, no problem. I mean that that would suck if I had a job that I would just have, or I, I was a type of person that could only work with ugly people or only males or something, but. If it was, seen, but if that, but if that person was my shift partner, it would it would be a problem. 
And I would argue that I feel like it would be a problem for any for anybody. I mean, for most people. No. Well, how no. do you don't? How do you know? You don't know my work. <laughs> no, you're like. Here's the thing, man. Like, you're saying if I had, so say I had, uh, it was just me and one other nurse for twelve hours a day, mm-hmm. and I only worked with that. I only worked with that nurse, right? So there's a situation mm-hmm. for some reason. It's just like a me private practice or something. Nurse. Maybe like yeah. a sure medical assistant okay. or something. Yeah. Sure, and it's just me and that person every day, right? Mm-hmm. And they were highly yeah. attractive. Yeah, yeah. I have dealt with that in the nursing field. Like, there are so many attractive women in the nursing field to where yeah, but it's see, when you say that, it, like, I know, but that's not what I'm talking about. Well, no, like here. So I'm trying to let me get to it. Okay. So if I were to be forced to work with one particular woman or girl. Mm-hmm. Every day, I still don't think that's a problem. It, yeah, I mean, it might not be. It might not be, and and for you, it probably wouldn't be. I, I don't think. Um, I still don't think you can you can picture it though. It's 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 really hard to put into it. No, I can. I mean, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, color me incorrect then. <laughs> no, the the. <laughs> The same intimacy. You you painted a really good picture with the with the police officers. So uh-huh. if, say I was a police officer and my partner was an attractive girl. Okay. No. One, it's like I already know the stipulations there. Like there's mm-hmm. already a con- there's already consequences there. So yeah. the relationship, they're like the one thing that they always talk about in nursing is knowing how to maintain a professional relationship uh-huh. and maintaining professional distance, uh-huh. not just from the patients, but from your coworkers. Yeah. So for me, having that, I work with a lot of attractive women. I've had a lot of practice with maintaining professional boundaries. Okay. 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 I got you. So I, but, and then on top of that, uh-huh. on top of that, my, uh, my other job where I get to film women on their most beautiful day, I get to take pictures of women getting married when they're dolled up to the nines and ready to be displayed to the world as their partner's wife. Okay. And they're feeling so emotional and so, and they, they are like just beyond beautiful that day. Okay. And I still have to maintain a professional attitude and separate myself to where I can still operate a camera and provide awesome images. Okay. Interesting. Uh, I have a couple follow-up questions. So on on so on the nursing front, what is your do you think there is a difference between being around a handful of beautiful women or being in the presence of one beautiful woman? Do you think it's one and the same? Yes. Okay, I don't think so. That was my one question. Um, number two, um, do you think that the do you think that the bride is at her most beautiful on her wedding day? Depends. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Well, no, because the thing is, there are some times where I will meet the bride on the day uh-huh. of wedding. So to me, that's her most beautiful day. Okay. I mean, yeah, with a, in a small crew. I've never yeah. met her before. So what? Okay. So what about what about uh, Tiana? Let's let's bring this home. Like, do you think she was the most beautiful on her wedding day? No, she's had better days. Because I. Because <laughs> I, I, I have like there, <laughs> there's something that kidding. like a radio DJ said once, just in passing, and I and I it stuck with me because I agreed with it. I feel like the most beautiful I see any woman or my wife, right? 
is right after she's taken a shower. Okay. Like that's like it, like appearance wise, I feel like like I'm like I'm, I'm I'm in a privileged position to be in the same room with her when she's out of the shower type of thing. I like that she doesn't have any makeup on. I like that her her hair is wet. Whatever, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so like. I, I would I could say even today like I feel like that time of my wife's day I found her more physically attractive than I would have found her on our wedding day on any time on our wedding day. Now, so your wife didn't shower on her wedding day. <laughs> uh, Touche. So, so I would so so I would say um, I think that they are trying to look their most beautiful. I also think there's an element of um, there's an element of superficial conditions that exist for the wedding so the one thing that really transcends that uh-huh. for a lot of these girls uh-huh. is the vulnerability is the vulnerability like that is really what i try to look for in the camera because it's like with a lot of these brides they're giving up like you know it's it's 2017 mm-hmm. these are single independent women mm-hmm. giving that up to get married okay. and you you know that's a very vulnerable position very vulnerable position. So, and then to see that transition in the beginning of the, the day to where they have that anxiety, and then, like I said, that that uh, um, them being them having that vulnerability to after the wedding to where there's this relief, the anxiety is gone, and they're happy, they're elated, you know, they're happy to be part of a bigger family. Uh-huh. You know, not just the bride, the groom as well, but it, you know, it really stands out with the bride because. You know, um, it's usually it's the bride who's a bit, a lot more emotional, and that's awesome. Well, and and even like I, would, I get to be I would a part of that. Another difference between the bride and the groom to support that argument is the amount of time it takes for the bride to get in bridal appearance. Very different than the amount of time it takes for the groom to get in <laughs> groom appearance. You know, it probably takes ten, ten right. times as long, and then and then also, um, um, but uh, huh. I think you you miss what I said, man. Like it's that like yes, she gets dressed to the nines and stuff, but that emotion she's feeling really transcends her physical appearance. Yeah, I don't agree. I mean, <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> not because not 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 from. Uh, I mean, I, I would have no idea based on a photographer standpoint, but as far as the flow of a wedding and like the handful of brides that I've seen. I feel like that moment, it, I've seen it come outside the wedding day. Like I, I, I see, I, I see what you're saying as far as the life change that's going to happen, and and uh, the type of adjustment, the type of um, <coughs> the type of evolution that it takes for a woman to make that step from someone's girlfriend or just being someone single to being married and being someone's someone's wife. I think there's, I think you'd be lucky to capture that on the wedding day. I don't, I don't. To me, it's not, a, it's not a guarantee that that comes on the wedding day. You're you're right. There's no guarantee, but that's what I aim for. I aim to. Yeah, get yeah. That. That's. I mean, that's cool. That's admirable because, um, I mean, other photographers might just it might just fly right over their heads, you know. And and well, it just if it on, does, it just depends on how you look at weddings. You know, that's. I, I think that that really just depends on how you look at weddings. And that's. In general. I think that's different between you and me because I feel like it's if you if you can find that then it's great to harness it, but I also feel that you can't find something that's not there. And for me, I feel like that moment is not going to be there in the period of time that you're shooting. It's not guaranteed to be there. Where I don't know, maybe for you, you feel like there a moment like that is in here somewhere and I'm going to find it and I'm going to capitalize on it. 
it's it's more this moment is going to happen and I better have my camera. Yeah. But at the same time, man, at the same time, man, you've been to a handful of weddings. I'm at a wedding every yeah, weekend. Yeah, but then we. So for okay. me, I'm I I'm a I'm a little bit more. I, I can say that my 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 perception during a wedding is a little different. I mean, I, I'll agree with that completely. But I'll also say that yeah. I if you're looking for something that like you might be looking for something that I feel like is not there, but since you're so sure it's there. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna find. Oh, here, look, man. Let me, let, let me. I gotta cut you off because I gotta, t- like, I gotta tell you. Not every couple has it, uh-huh. and I'll tell you what. I've definitely been to my fair share of weddings where it wasn't there, and the bride and groom got divorced within a couple years because it wasn't there on the wedding day. Wasn't there on the wedding day because it's like there are times where you, I, I, I have met couples before. Where in my head, I knew it wasn't going to last because of how much they were fighting and what they were fighting about and how they were fighting to where I'm like, why would you willingly continue a relationship with this type of person? Yeah. I mean, I guess – I won't say that to their face, but I'll tell them I don't think I'm your photographer because what I'm looking for is this this relationship. If you don't have that relationship with the person that you're getting married to, then it's going to be very difficult for me to shoot your wedding. If I don't yeah. feel that from you and how you treat each other, then, you know, I might as well. Sh- so are you shoot, saying, you know, are you saying that it's not fucking... possible for that moment to happen a month in, before their wedding or, uh, or like, I, what I'm saying is it, it uh-huh. is, po- it's possible, but, uh, there, I've been to plenty of weddings where, you know, that like you can feel that the amount of happiness coming from both of these people and the way that they treat each other, that these two people were really meant to be with each other. Mm, interesting. Because I've definitely been to wedding. I've definitely been to weddings where that's totally Do you the think... opposite. Like, why are you two? Right, together? right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I see you. And remember, not and you. And you got to remember that, like. It's not. A, I'm not always the photographer you know, at all weddings. Sometimes I'm I, yeah, the it's, it's Sometimes the wedding's I, just an event, I'm though, man. I mean, flowers. like I, I I like that you have that unique perspective and you have all that experience. But like, and and it's much more than mine as far as seeing brides. But I've seen probably as many wives as you have, and I feel like just because that moment's not there at the wedding doesn't mean they're guaranteed to get divorced. I mean, I don't think... Okay, no, that's fair. No, that's fair. But at the, at the same time, like, that shininess is still there on their wedding day. You've met wives, but that shininess might not be there still. Yeah, I mean, I guess, and, and in, in that case, if I wasn't at their wedding, then I would never know if it happened. And so, yeah, I agree with you that that moment probably did come and go at some point. I just am... I'm, for me, I think that it's just as likely to be outside their wedding day as much as it is to be inside their wedding day. And I like that they're trying to capture the wedding day, but there's so many moving parts. I mean, it's okay, let's take it back to jujitsu for a second. Like, I feel like there's some competitors, like jujitsu competitors, that don't have their best jujitsu roles during the competition. Okay. Would you agree with that? Agreed. Yeah. So. Yeah, so maybe, or even, uh, like, any, you take any athlete or whatever, right? Like, their best performance might not be on game day or something. 
because I feel like during a wedding, there's so much going on. And it really, in all honesty, it's so much different than their normal life because it's, it's a wedding and it's their wedding, right? It's a wedding that they're putting on. Like we talked about it before, how the people that hire you, a good percentage of them have never hired any photographer before. So it's, they're really outside their element on their wedding day. Right. And so for that moment to happen on their wedding day, in addition to all these different, these different factors, I think is like magical. And the fact that, so whenever you do capture it, I'm like, oh my God, I w- I'm glad that I paid Paul for this because this moment happened to be on my wedding day and he was able to capture it. That's like the perfect storm. So, but hold on real quick. So I'm saying that when that moment is not there, I don't feel like you can conclusively decide the future of their marriage just based on the window of the no, wedding. Okay so, okay, so let me roll back a couple a little bit. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, when I say that if that I, – I didn't say that if that moment wasn't there, they're going to get divorced. What I'm saying is uh-huh. I've had a feeling to – I've had a different feeling. Like I'm like, holy shit, these uh-huh. two are not going to get along. That, <laughs> that, and, that and these two people are truly happy are two completely uh-huh. separate. So it's not yeah. like if one happens – then it's death. Then the other happens. It's uh-huh. one could happen or the other can happen. Usually not at the same time. Uh-huh. So and then yeah, to yeah. bring and then to bring it back to jujitsu, what I've realized uh-huh. with when you say I didn't have my best roles, I've, my best roles uh-huh. weren't here on the mat. Right? Yeah, my best roles were on the mat because I. You can honestly say when when most jujitsu competitors compete, they're competing from with people from other schools. So. Okay. It's their first role with that person, you know. So when that's you say when you say their best role, that's their best role within the school and within their partners they've already had. Do you see what I'm saying? So yeah, and I mean that's part of it, like I said. But okay, they're, they're, now that's one of many different things on that day, right? So here's the thing: is now let's take it back to the great ones. The great ones were okay. always able to perform on any given day, right? So here's the thing is if I meet a couple uh, okay. and three months out, they're having a great day and on their wedding day, like they know how to keep it great. Uh-huh. Those are the couples that I that I really truly enjoy shooting because they've found a way to keep it shiny. Yeah, I see you. I see that. I think though that – to me, there's an element so like with jujitsu, which I feel like is similar to a lot of other different sports, but having your best performance on game day and you know like adrenaline and stuff like that. I feel like there's a level of experience that matters. Where for a wedding, I would hope to think that the best brides aren't the most experienced brides, <laughs> or well, the, or you know even grooms, you know. You know, but you know, bride, groom, it's it just comes down to being a decent human being. You know, like it, it you I don't. You could be a sh- if you're a shitty human being, you're not going to be a great bride. Like you're just going to be a shitty uh-huh. bride. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you're an asshole, it doesn't matter. Like you can be a great groom, but if you're still an asshole, you're an asshole. So to you, it's it's kind of linear in that way. Like, do you think that people like at weddings are always going to sh- present their best selves? No, no. I, I you know they try. The, you know, but at the uh-huh. same time, like I said. When you go to a wedding and you can see the dynamic between the the bride and the groom, that's – unless they're meeting for the first time, 
that's a practice dynamic. They've put themselves into positions where they've had to interact with each other before. You but know? they're meeting for the first time in that scenario, just like the jiu-jitsu As, guy. I mean, true, but it's also you know, I see that. But you've also met, uh, you've also rolled before, you know. Yeah, and if I guess for for those couples that can keep that in perspective, like you know, I've heard that for like Super Bowl participants or like um, what you know, and you pick your pick your sport, whatever the world title, whatever the holy grail is of that sport. Like, look, I just got to remind myself, it's just another game. You know, it doesn't matter that so many more people are watching. Doesn't matter that it's for the world championship. It's just another game. And I feel like the great ones can do that, can isolate themselves from the fanfare, where I feel like a good majority can't. And for, for weddings, for brides and grooms and couples and families, I feel the same way, which is to say a certain percentage of them can, can, can consider like, look, it's just another day where we're meeting with family and friends as a couple. But some of them, I feel like they get consumed. They're like overwhelmed by the amount of different things that are going on that day. And they turn into different people. Just, I mean, sometimes, yes. sometimes it's the first of many bad days or sometimes it's the only bad day, but... You're, no, you're right, but then on the flip side of that coin, there are also couples that truly celebrate their union and appreciate the fact that they are celebrating it with the family and friends that they've invited. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so let's so back to the photography part. So, what exactly? How how do you find that? Like. You, that you get, transition, if it's there, like what kind of things do you look for? Or were you always, is it something like that was inherent? Do you feel like it was a gift? Do you feel like you had to practice at it and now you've mastered it type of thing? No, it's just, it's, it's getting to know the bride and the groom. Like uh, uh-huh. once you, once you really get to know the bride and groom, you can kind of see that dynamic and like there are times, like, you know, when you really, when you get to see that dynamic and you're lucky enough to have a bride and groom that truly make each other happy and love each other and are very yeah. uh, happy to just be around each other. Um, uh, that's a gift. That's a gift to me as a photographer, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, do you ever I, try to manufacture that? Cause I feel no, like there are ways you can try. Like you can try, but uh-huh. it looks forced and that's, and yeah, that's it's tough, tough because it's tough. it's tough because, you know, like you said, you might not, you, you might just be socially awkward. You know, yeah. you know, or you do. It's not almost like, like forcing showing. a smile. It's almost like a photogenic yeah. type of personality. Like some people have it, some so, people don't. <laughs> you know, like there's people who just genuinely do not like having their emotions outed in public. You know, yeah. and then so that makes weddings difficult because again, here you are exposing yourself to yeah. a commitment that you are making lifelong in front of your closest friends and family. Yeah. Like, like so, there was, I remember at our wedding, well, we had two, but the actual wedding here in Houston before we had a ceremony for, our, for the family in Vietnam, um, there was a time during the ceremony that I started crying. Like I was, uh, I had a little speech written and stuff. And then there was a point in the speech where I felt like, ah, this, this might get a little emotional. But when it happened, it got way more emotional than I had anticipated. And I started crying. And then, like, during the ceremony itself and also in retrospect, I felt like, eh, man, that I kind of overdid it. Like, I, I didn't really want it to get that far. However, my wife tells me, and, like, she's shown me, that that was probably her most favorite part of the whole day was the part, the time that I, like, I kind of let myself go. And, um... Plus being vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, and I, And, like, as far as our... our the, the people that saw it or, you know, like people that were there or the people that saw it on video or whatever. Um, 
I don't know if they, if they side more with me or more with my wife. I mean, truthfully, it doesn't matter, right? It only matters what we think. But I think I thought it was interesting that the part, like if I, if I were editing the video, I probably would have omitted that part. Where for her, I felt like it was one of her favorite parts. No, man, like that's the, you're, as a photographer and a videographer, your job is to capture the emotion. Well, the, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, it's, to, it's to capture the truth, right? I mean, for me, it, it would almost, more... well, it would be like, let, let, it, for me, it would be like a highlight reel, but I include like my missed shots, right? Like sometimes you see, there's like a Kobe Bryant highlight reel, but he's kind of famous for like uh, missing, like airballing four, four shots, four three-pointers, like in, the, in his, one of his early seasons, but now he never misses, and partly it's because, you know, he did all those airballs. And so like those airballs are really part of his highlight reel. And so for me, I feel like, you know, I, I, I really try to stay composed. I feel like it's part of who I am. It's who I would like to be. And that moment wasn't one of them. But um, it also represents much more than what I think it represents. So and it's very evident in the way Center, she reacted. They, when, you, when you watch SportsCenter, you, mm-hmm. they, if there's a game, you know, Say there's a basketball game. And <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I was trying to be taboo about the basketball. <laughs> say there's a basketball game, and it's 97-96. Yeah, yeah. And the the team that's down is uh, has possession. Yeah. Does SportsCenter not show the miss because they missed? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. You're, you're fucking joking, right? What do you mean? They're going to... They will always show the last shot. Yeah, but there's more. There's certainly more important than that. Are they gonna ex- Are they gonna accentuate it, or are they just gonna show it as if it's part of the highlight reel? Or during the interview, well, usually, are they gonna talk about that shot, or are they gonna talk about the rest of the game? So it depends. Well, on a national platform of Sports Center, probably not, but locally, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's subjective. There's there's a level of politics involved that I'd rather not get into, but like yeah, they're, so they're gonna show it, yes, but how they show it and the frequency of how they show it and the 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 quantity of the amount of time they show it, it's gonna it's gonna differ based on what somebody wants to say. It's they, you know because the sports center so, guys and media guys they're trying to send they're trying to send a message they're trying to tell a story. How do, how they tell that story is to, is up to them. So when Ronda Rousey got knocked out uh-huh. the first time, yeah, she lost her belt, yeah. Do you like when they show promos of all the other fighters that have fought her? Okay. They show that over and over and over and over. Okay. And over. And over. I'm, I'm, I, I hear mean, you. I'm, it, I'm not following though. So it's a knockout. It's okay. one of the most devastating times in her career. Uh huh. Right? Okay. Um, that's not going to stop anybody from not showing it. Like just because it's devastating, it's gonna it's gonna alter the different fights that she that she that she uh, gets assigned to. It's gonna the, the different fights that she's scheduled for. It's part of her legacy, such as the missed shots, such as the wedding day. It's part of their legacy. And how and how much you focus on that on the misses on the failures and h- how you translate those into the rest of the legacy it matters. So if if I were to her career is very different because of the knockout. It, I mean, you got to agree with me there. If, if I were to, you know, if I were to relate a basketball game to the the course of a, the day as a wedding photographer, um, uh-huh. which is tough because there's no buzzer beater, right? There's no because uh-huh. the the wedding's all day. the The most important part of the day is all day. The important most important okay. part of the day is the day. 
Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's that's so with that. What's your favorite? Window, what's your favorite food on the buffet? Everything. <laughs> all the food is my favorite. <laughs> the meat. All the meat. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if I were to, to relate that, like the if I were to, the if if I could only turn in one shot, like one picture of a basketball game throughout the course of uh-huh. the basketball game. Fuck. There's four uh-huh. quarters. There's twelve minutes. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I could turn in a shot for every minute, every 20 seconds of the game, right? Yeah. But if I only okay. have to pick one, it's probably going to be the last shot. If it's not, if it's close, if it's, because why, why is that last shot? Why would I choose that last shot? Because that's where the, the emotional teeter-totter gets settled. Mm, not always, so, not always. So if you're down by seven, or you're down by one. I don't one. think I'd automatically choose a last the, shot just because it's a close game. Yeah, because it's a close game. Because that's where the emotional balance lies for the people watching. So but there are there are pivot points in a game. I mean, true. I don't. <laughs> I, I hate to talk well, about no, basketball more than we want to. No, but no, no, no. So, like no, there's that's, there that's, are there are shifts in. That's where I was getting to next. So the thing is, uh-huh. as a wedding photographer, it's not just buzzer beaters. Uh uh-huh. You get the chance to document the whole day. Yeah. So I might like by looking for those moments, I'm like I have to be able to find those moments all day. Uh huh. So it's not like I can just take one shot and be fine. Mm-hmm. It's can I take pictures the entire game? Like can I can I effectively yeah, and, and, document the whole game? And and what you're saying is your your own strategy. Is to continue continuously search for those moments of transition that you were talking about, right? Like that's how you select your shots, right? Right. It, it might seem a little random. It might seem a little unpredictable to the naked eye, but to you, it's very methodical, very calculated. It's very um, purposeful. Like what I'm doing here is trying to capture those moments of transition, right? Whether the day, the whether day of transition. Well, I mean, you said there were moments, right? There were yes. there's there's certain moments, moments where like you 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 go from yeah. And and sometimes, heck, I mean, even sometimes you see it in one of the either the bride or the groom. Sometimes you see it in both of them. Sometimes you see it in family members. Sometimes you see it in like a, a group picture. I don't know, like something, right? In one of the speeches, you know. But um, yeah, those moments you, for you, like they're gonna be there. Those types of moments are gonna be there, and those are the things that I'm looking for. Those are the things that I think my clients are paying me to look for and to. Um, preserve. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and through those, that that's how you. I mean, take the editing part of out of it, but like that's how you select what type of shots you aim for the day of, right? So we're just talking about that that window of, um, <laughs> I don't know, like two hours to six or seven hours or whatever, whatever the wedding is, right? Because all the preparation and all the editing and all that stuff comes. You know, but before and after, but just from the just from the time that you turn the camera on to the time you put it in your bag for the last time, um, you're constantly looking for those type of moments, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I see it. I mean, I'm, I'm I think that I still think that the moment may or may not be there, but those types of moments, I, I'll I'll buy that that they're. 
you're you're gonna find something to shoot. <laughs> it's not like yeah, dude. I sorry, I only took like three pictures because those moments weren't there. <laughs> and then the one so, time I thought I saw it, but I didn't have my camera out, so I missed the, it. <laughs> the other, the, the other, uh, the other, like the other, like when I shoot, I take more of a stance of a uh, almost like a document, uh, like a documentary. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm here to document. Here's two people who have decided to get married. They've gathered their family to to. They've gathered their family to celebrate, yeah. and I'm getting paid to document that through uh-huh. through uh, through um, through images. Yep. So that's like so. There will not always be that emotional, like heart tug moment. Yeah. But I still need to show that this event not only did it happen, but that it was beautiful in its own right. Well, that and that I think the the other the other images that's the backdrop of these moments. Mm-hmm. I think the moments are like the starring lead actors of the performance, but then you do have all these like kind of technical shots or all these supporting shots that are that that are the backdrop to these really important ones, right? Like there's probably a couple of pictures you're like, you know, I'm pretty sure they're not going to choose this one to blow up and put on their bedroom wall, but I need to take it anyway. <laughs> but they're probably going to put it into their album. Yeah, 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 and it's gonna be like an important part of their album, right? Right. Like if, it even sets, if, because it sets up another image. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or it ties yeah. all the other images together. Yeah. Yeah. So that's and that's really like a, another layer of photography selection, right? It sounds like because one is the artistic trying to capture lightning in a bottle, and the other one is like, um, okay, let's capture when the lightning wasn't in the bottle. <laughs> let's capture like. Um, the, the, the whole storytelling thing that you're talking about. Like, yes, some of these pictures, I know that they're not going to be that moment. I still need these pictures, though, to to highlight and let's enhance see, this moment. Let's take, let me show you how the lightning got into the bottle. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. How the How the lightning got out of the bottle. Right, 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 right. And, yeah, and, yeah, that's what documentaries are, right? For the most part, there's really, um, like, you can read the description of a documentary and find out what the important parts were. But the reason you watch the documentary is to find out how it unfolded, right? right. And, and it matters. It matters as far as the significance and the um, and the magnitude of what happened. Um, do do your do you discuss that with your other shooters? Not always. Not always. Uh... Yeah, because I feel like it's tough. I feel like it's tough to to generate that kind of thought. I mean, hell, it took us a while. It took me a while to climb into your brain and <laughs> for you to articulate that even to me. I don't know if you always have that kind of time, or they 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 listen that well. Usually, with with other wedding photographers, um, with uh-huh. other wedding photographers, they kind of are like, I can see what they're looking. I when I hire a second shooter, I look idea. At, I look at their portfolio, and yeah. if their portfolio doesn't capture the things I'm looking for, then I don't uh-huh. hire them. You know, like. I look at their portfolio to see, like, okay, this is what these are the these are the images you take. This is where you've decided to focus for the wedding. So, this is what you find important. And if that doesn't line up to what I'm looking for, I don't even hire them. But you you also talk to them too, right? You're like, hey, yeah, no. And, wh- like, why did you take this shot? Yesterday, I mean, yesterday I had my assistant come over because I wanted to start a second shooting for me. I told him, look, look, yeah. like the reason why you're not second shooting for me yet is because I don't know how you shoot. You don't really have a second uh-huh. 
a second shooter portfolio. So, you know, yeah. I'm going to use you for a few things, but I'm going to use you more to see how you're shooting. Cause if what you're doing, you know, isn't kind like, kind of like representative of my brand and what I'm looking for, then one of two yeah. things is going to happen. Either I'm not going to use you, or I'm going to kind of try to train you to shoot like my style to look for the same yeah. things I am. And, you know, and he's all about it. He's like, yeah, I'd love to learn. Um, so, uh, I spent a good two, three hours of them just going over my other images. And he's like, why did you shoot this like this? Why did you like this like this? I'm like, because this shows the bride like this. This is a moment that I yeah. find important. Um, you know, I, so, want- so he, he, so basically he was like me before this conversation started, right? Like, I, okay, this is a good picture, but I want I don't know why you did it this way. Yeah. Like, or, you know, one, one of these questions was why did you focus so much on this? And I, yeah. you know, and I told him, I said, this to me is a very important part of the wedding day. So yeah. what we, what you turn into me will show me what you find is important to the wedding day. And unfortunately, if that doesn't line up, you're either going to have to learn it or we're going to have to stop shooting together. Because um, if we don't find the same things important, or if at least you can't learn to know what I find important, then I'm not going to get what I'm paying you for. Yeah. yeah. So, but then I've I've had I've had second shooters to. I've looked at their stuff, and after the conversations I've had with them, after going over images of them they know exactly what I'm looking for and they just, I just tell them to do their thing and they do it. Like there's two second shooters where I literally just cut them loose. I'm like, go do your thing. Yeah. 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 There's, I mean, there's a level of trust that's built there and and not, not trust in the form of, I think they're lying to me or they're, they're not lying to me, but trust in the form of, um, I think they're technically sound and I can see what their strategy is. I don't think they're going to keep coming back to me saying, hey, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Because it sounds like it's a type of job that is not instruction-based. <laughs> you can't just uh, – they're not just going to follow your orders because you don't have the time to just keep telling them what to do. Otherwise, you would just do it yourself. Right. right? Like, no, and that's a, a big part at, of – At some point, they have to be just doing their thing. At, that's a big part of choosing a second is it being comfortable enough to let them do what they do. Like when, yeah. like when I choose my second shooter – um, I don't want them to ask me. I just want that. Like I, I tell them to sh- like, especially if, if we're not in the same spot, like there's a lot of times where I, um, where bride and groom will hire me to take like getting ready shots, but the groom yeah. is in LA and then like, you know, the bride is in Ontario. So I have to trust that this other photographer is going to drive to Ontario, be professional, get all the shots I'm looking uh-huh. for, handle all the details and, and present my brand as I wanted them to, all while as if all while uh, uh, yeah, as if I am there myself, all yeah, while I'm yeah, also yeah. doing that in another location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want someone thumbing through their wedding album in ten years and them saying, "Oh, the reason this picture is like that is because it was somebody else shot it." Yeah, like it sounds like it's it's supposed to seem like it was all one person. It was whatever the brand, you know. Yeah, like so. I when I pick my second shooters, like I also tried to look for second shooters who have a similar style to me, so that way when they look at my yeah. stuff, they can kind of flex over into what I'm looking for. Yeah, that's. Um, I mean, it sounds like it's working. I mean, the you know, the the product speaks for itself. Well, I you know one of these days, man, go to my website and uh, check out my last few weddings. Maybe you'll understand. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, you'll, you'll. I think you'll see what I'm talking about a lot more. 
yeah, I mean, and I've been to your website, and I think it's awesome. It, it, like, I think it's a, there's a much more appreciation once you understand what you're looking for, though. It's almost like if I go walk through an art gallery, and I have the artist standing there with me talking to my ear, I'm going to appreciate the art much more, rather than if I go through the art gallery, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I saw some of your work. That one looked pretty cool. Because then it's, then the, the appreciation is limited by how I translate what the art means. You know, like, like I, I could, I could go through your, your gallery and stuff and based on what I know about how you shoot and based on what your descriptions were to me and based on what I think about photography, I'm, I'm going to grade it, you know, on a scale of one to 10, I think it's, you know, great. But then like, if, if I, if, if somebody else, if I, if I point somebody else to your website and say, Hey, look at Paul's images, you know, they're awesome. And then he's like, yeah, I don't, I didn't think too much into them. I don't think that they're being stupid. I just think that they didn't have the privilege of having the artist behind the camera in their ear the whole time, like explaining what it was they were trying to do. And so that feeling of mission accomplished is more um, obvious for me than it would be for somebody else. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, I think that the, the, the explanations of telling the story can be as valuable as the story or the images themselves. Yeah, but I think after so you're right, but then uh, there there does come a point after looking at cert, at, at enough images and looking at enough art, uh-huh. you learn to to have that internal dialogue with yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, that's and then so the experience would come in 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 that way. Yeah, it's yeah, and and you're like, that's, there, uh-huh. like there's something I posted on Facebook um, uh-huh. recent. I think it was last night. There was something. Yeah. Um, cause this is something I have done before, um, on Facebook, uh, like on the post, it shows the, the, the design shapes that the image presents, like the uh-huh. general shape, like the, the third, the rule of thirds or golden triangle or, uh-huh. uh, the, the different, uh, golden ratios that they have, like okay. as shown in very, very famous films uh-huh. and, they essentially create a video that visualize all the lines that when I like when I watch a movie, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah. Like it's it's awesome because I used to break this shit down all the time. Yeah. And they put it in a minute and a half long video to show people where the composition lines lie yeah. within each image. So and they just rapid shoot them so that way you can just see them over and over again. That's cool, um, man. No, it's it's awesome, and like for me, like I, I really appreciate the 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 time that someone took to put that together because, you know, I spent hours, countless hours, just yeah. pour, pouring over images. Like, why is this image so strong? Yeah. What makes this image so strong? Like, yeah. and then you start to see the lines, you start to see the composition, and you're like, oh my god, this is it. So yeah, when I take pictures and when I edit pictures, I try to mimic and create those same lines to -hmm. create those same patterns because Mm -hmm. they, you know, if I can make them work for the image that I'm trying to put out, then, you know, it, 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 for me, it's a stronger image. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I I like, I like the, uh, I feel like they've, they've become like a new thing where, uh, like YouTube will put up these things like, Hey, this is what this scene in this movie means. And or or this is the pattern that this director has, and this is wh- wh- how it always works. Or um, there's certain consistencies, or certain um, like there's not Easter eggs, but there's like hidden patterns that 
like some YouTube analyst will notice, and then the way they present the information, like I started falling in love with those type of videos. I'm like, man, that's that's cool. I like how they do that. But it's not something that there's. They do. Uh, huh. I was gonna say they, they do like an MMA. Go ahead. Go ahead. They do an MMA breakdown like that too, uh-huh. to where they show like uh, there was this. There's one guy on YouTube. He would break down both fighters and be like, "This is what these are the tendencies that I see as a as a trained eye, uh-huh. you know. As so and so throws the right punch, she drops the left hand, yeah, just this much. Or you know, as they're scrambling, they tend to uh, push off their right foot, which exposes them to this. It, yeah. They would do it, and then they would uh, create gifs or gifs, depending uh-huh. on how you want to say it." Uh-huh. Um, to just show that same pattern over and over again till where it becomes apparent. And that, I mean, to me, that's amazing work too, because it's, uh, the analyst work is, is, is amazing. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think that, uh, at number one, I think it makes you fall in love with whatever subject you're already interested in. Like it gives me an, another reason to fall in love with MMA for one re- for, for, you know, or if it's like something I don't really know anything about, let's say like, hockey like i can kind of watch the action of hockey but as far as the strategies and what went wrong and what went right i don't really know but if i watch a video like that then i might i'm like oh okay i guess there is a rhyme or reason to what hockey players are doing or (laughs) there is something that makes these guys successful or these guys struggle you know i had i had a couple buddies of mine that um they grew up playing baseball and i went to a dodger game Uh with them um uh and the things that they were talking about, the things that they could perceive and see yeah. while watching a baseball game was going right over my head. Yeah. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck are you guys talking about? Uh-huh. You know, but that I think that's what makes baseball such a uh, an intellectual game yeah. to like it, it doesn't there's a lot of things going on that unless you're trained to see them, you're not going to see them. But then the same thing with basketball, uh-huh. too, like, you know. Uh, a casual watcher might know what a pick and roll right, is, right. but to know the, to know the intricacies yeah, of a pick and roll, yeah, yeah. that's totally different. But same thing with an armbar. Uh-huh, uh-huh. There's maybe like you know you probably have three or four armbars in your uh-huh. arsenal when you know you have a black belt who can hit an armbar from fifty or sixty different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like because even even some of the uh, the blue belts and even some of the purple belts even like they'll still be in the fundamentals class and I, I i can see why it's because like you kind of there's always something to pick up you know like there's always another layer of of mastering or, or perfecting like one technique especially in jiu-jitsu just because you have you like have been introduced to a technique doesn't mean you know it it just means that you've been introduced to it right but um i was going to say something oh what you said about baseball i have read something similar about uh tennis um, and it's very, and baseball and tennis are unique in this way, or I mean, I'm sorry, they're not unique, but they're alike in this way, unlike basketball, where a lot of the reasons certain teams are successful, not teams, but for tennis players, certain players are successful are because of what they do, <laughs> um, when the ball's not moving. And I, I, I can imagine that's what some of your buddies were noticing at the Dodger game. Maybe like between pitches and stuff um there were certain things that players were doing but i know that um in the tennis example that i read about 
it talked it was it was something i don't know if it was energy level or focus or alertness or whatever but it talked about like okay the great tennis players like the rafael nadal <coughs> the, the roger federer's the um whoever and andy andy murray yeah Jokovic, right it said watch them between points and see like um see see how how much their their hyperactivity drops like a rock in between points like they're so active oh the conservation of energy yes yeah yeah like it's they're very efficient with not but not just their physical energy but like even their mental alertness they're like their mental concentration they really turn it on when it's needed and they shut it off when they're not when it's not needed and i thought it was really fascinating like it's something i really never noticed until I started watching for it, and now it's, I feel like it's something I can't unsee. Yeah, you know? no, there was a. I remember I was at uh, at the VA, and they had a Sports Illustrated, and they were doing some story about <clears throat> um, when Kobe switched uh, shooting coaches. Uh-huh. I think uh, they they brought in Chuck Person okay. to help Kobe with his shot, uh-huh. and they said that they switched his shooting style from. The release coming off of <coughs> coming off the forefinger, mm-hmm. no, coming off the middle finger instead of the forefinger, because they said that he kind of had the ball during the release, kind of uh, when it would release, it was coming off his forefinger. Okay, but they said that once they started switching it to his uh, middle finger, mm-hmm. his percentage is like increased by like twenty to thirty percent, which is huge in basketball. Yeah. So, you know, and I mean, you know, I could be butchering this story, but I was just like, I never even noticed which finger is fucking the ball came off. Yeah, of. yeah. So, you know, like that exists in everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <coughs> and, you know, um, you know, be it jujitsu, be it basketball, be it tennis. Yep. Uh, baseball it, it's there and to get to really get lost into those details is uh is it's time consuming yeah hence that's why i only do nursing photography <laughs> and uh bring it all back bring it all back heart you know three hard lefts makes a circle <laughs> it's really four but let's see. four yeah well it depends on how hard the third <laughs> is, so. It could could be one hard left. It just doesn't stop. <laughs> yeah, this is just all one hard left. <laughs> Peter Attad.